the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. Hi, this is Denny O'Neill. My name is Neil Adams. This is Paul Dini. Hi, my name is Dan DeDio. This is Kevin Conroy. Hey, this is Francis Maniple. Hi, this is Jim Lee, and you're listening to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. Welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, episode 162, the finale of Convergence. I am Ed, your host, and today I am joined by... This is, for the final time, Donovan. And this is Josh Paul with a brand new mic so he doesn't sound like he's recording from a mall bathroom. Well, uh, today we've got... A little bit of comic news to get into, and a little bit of comic reviews, and we're going to wrap up Convergence. So let's get right into news. I want information, and I'll get it any way I please. Okay, we've only got two things here that are that are from the solicitations pile, and then one piece of legitimate comic news. So first of all, we're just going to go over the solicitations. Solicitations are no longer legitimate, people. Solicitations are, are administrative <laughs> tasks. Uh, so here's the solicitations for DC Comics August 2015. For the Bat books, and it's quite a list of Batman-related characters. Batman, oh, here we go. <laughs> this is a long list. Batman number 43, Detective Comics number 43, Batman Superman number 23, Grayson number 11, Batgirl number 43, Red Hood Arsenal number 3, Robin Son of Batman 3, We Are Robin 3, Catwoman 43, Harley Quinn 19, Harley Quinn Road Trip Special number 1, Harley Quinn and Power Girl number 3, Black Canary 3, Justice League of America 3, Justice League 43, Teen Titans 11, New Suicide Squad 11, Gotham by Midnight 8, Gotham Academy 9, Batman Beyond 3, Batmite 3, Earth 2 Society 3, Midnighter 3, Batman 66 number 26, and Justice Gods Among Us Year 4 number 7 and 8, Batman Arkham Knight number 7, Batman Arkham Knight Genesis number 1, Justice League Gods and Monsters number 1, 2, and 3, and DC Comics Bombshells number 1. So, if you are going to pull all of the Bat books, you are in for a long list of reading. Um, Is this the final issue of uh, Gotham by Midnight? Because I know it was canceled, right? I don't know. Was I didn't see a cancellation on Gotham by Midnight. I didn't see a cancellation either, and I haven't. I mean, I'm the one reviewing it, so I can't. I cannot confirm that for you, but if there is, I will let you know in my final review. I hope you're wrong, because I've enjoyed this book, Don. Uh, but it's it's a long list, man, so if you're in to read the entire Batman world and comic books in August, you better strap in, because it is a big one. Now, this is the only thing I want to ask you about these solicitations, guys, is you see the Justice League's Gods and Monsters 1, 2, and 3, which is piggybacking on the original animated film. Um, have you guys seen anything about this, and are you looking forward to it? Oh, uh, I think I saw because I saw the uh, DC All Access video on the movie. And I think that they did announce the tie-in comic. I've not seen much more than that, though. Okay, and it's it's coming before or after? I think it's around. This, it, it's afterwards. the 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 actual Blu-ray is released in July, and it looks like okay. these are coming after it in August. Okay, I don't know if I'm going to read them because I want to see the video first. So, but, but that's really it. No surprises there. Just a lot, a lot of books. Uh, the other item we have from solicitations is the trade in graphic novels. Batman Black and White hardcover, Blu-ray, and DVD set, and an Injustice. Year what? Yep. Yeah. Blu-ray, DVD, uh, Justice League Origins, Blu-ray, DVD, and book set, JLA Earth 2, Blu-ray, DVD, and book set, and then all six of the DVD and Blu-rays that are being released, including the Wonder Woman one, which is not a specific Batman solicit, as one giant slipcase set. So what they're doing is the DC what? original movies. Like when the, was that on Earth 2 DVD? Uh, uh, that is Crisis on Two Earths, which is okay. the... Uh, okay. yeah, um, so what they're doing is they're combining the Blu-rays of the animated feature that was based on the book with a hardcover of the book, and you can buy it for all one price. What um, is the price stat? Uh, it looks like they're about 40 bucks a pop. Um, that includes the Blu-ray Blu and the book, and then the combined one was a couple hundred bucks, it looks like, for all of them together. Uh, but if you don't have them and you've been waiting to get them, this is a great time 
to do so. I unfortunately have the animated movies already on Blu-ray, so I will not be partaking in this, which is sad because I like those giant slipcase books. Uh, what is? I'm sorry, real quick, real quick. Yeah. Like, what the Batman Black and White? What would that entail? Oh, it's featuring Bat the the DVD Batman Gotham Knight. Okay, which was actually a collection Wait, of stories. You're that, talking about the Nolan Gotham Knight. Yes, the anime. Yeah, yeah the anime. Yep. So the the black and white is what then? Well, I mean, what could possibly be tied to that? I don't understand. Well, I, they needed something to put with it. So one thing you can. It's unwrapped. Yeah, I mean it's. Okay. It doesn't. I mean, it obviously doesn't. But again, it is, it is the classic Batman Black and White Volume One with the Batman Gotham Knight DVD. Oh, uh, okay. Because remember how we, we were talking before about you know Hush was getting a black and white, and like uh, we were wondering why Hush was getting a black and white. I thought maybe they were going to do another story, like you know, let's say it's uh, the Long Halloween Black right. and White or whatever. So this is just like the old school, very first Batman Black and White. Where by Frank Miller and Cooper. Yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So, uh, the rest of them is Batman Volume 6, The Graveyard Shift, the Multiversity Deluxe Edition hardcover, New 52, Future's End Volume 3, Suicide Squad Volume 1, uh, Batman Year 100 Deluxe Edition, Batman Beyond 2.0 Volume 3, Graphic Inc., which is a special collection of the art of Darwin Cook, which could be very good, New Teen Titans Volume 3, and Crisis on Inf- Infinite Earths Deluxe Edition hardcover. Uh, that is all of the trade solicitations and graphic novels that are for the month. And I don't think there's any other new... Oh, um, oh yeah. On May 27th, 2015, Convergence number 8 was released. Uh, Convergence... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> had a minor piece of news here. As it turns, it turns out, and a spoiler alert if you haven't read it yet, uh, the crisis, the first crisis didn't happen, it seems, and or the ending of it. <laughs> Didn't happen. Well, it's not that. Yeah, it's not that it didn't happen. It just ended differently. It ended and differently, dramatically different, and it looks like the multiverse has been reestablished. So I was wondering if either of you happen to have any feelings on this at all. <laughs> Possibly, I figured there's a possibility that someone people may have an opinion about it. So let's start it off, Don. What'd you think? Let me put this in context for people who may not exactly be aware of what they just what they just did. 1985, Crisis on Infinite Earths was a maxi series which sought to streamline the DC universe, and not only did that, but forever changed the way that comics were written in DC comics for the most part. You know, just, just besides all the continuity, just, just besides all of the uh, main characters, it really made the DC universe a more grounded world where there was a, a streamline of continuity. It didn't retcon anything outwards. It just changed continuity. They did similar things with Zero Hour, Hyper Time. Then there was Infinite Crisis, which kind of brought some of the pre-crisis elements back while still essentially being post-crisis. Then we had Final Crisis, which is really just a story. And then the New 52 happened, which was basically the same effect as Crisis, but with the new new characters. Now, this has been DC. this has been the DC Comics arena for 30 years. And with Convergence number eight, they they didn't. It's, it's not like it never happened, but like 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 Josh Paul said, they changed the ending to where Barry Allen and Supergirl, two very the, the most famous deaths in that storyline, along with Superman and Parallax, how Jordan ended up, I think, reversing what happened, and as as a result, the multiverse is reimagined where every single iteration of DC storytelling and characters are all back on the table, and they all simultaneously exist. <laughs> I can't believe they did that. <laughs> like, in fairness, one, for one thing, I will say, I, I was, I'm very excited because the idea that, like, you know, we're not trapped with just one iteration of of, of characters that we may not like, and they said that you know all these characters are legitimately back on the table should creators choose to work with them. But I will say that, like, this is probably not a very good idea because you've added potentially millions of characters. You know, all on the same line. So it's a very dairy. This, I, in my opinion, this is the biggest and most dairy move DC has made since Crisis to bring this all back. I, I, I don't think you can really argue any, anything else that they've done that's that's as, as daring as this. Although it's not really been talked about much because people have probably given up on it. But like, I think that this is very um, 
very exciting because we know that like half of the DC line will be New 52 books and the other half will be like, you know, various continuities. And I think that this kind of explains where those continuities may come from. So I'm excited. Um, I'm kind of like nervously optimistic because I'm wondering where this could possibly go. But um, I, I can safely say I never thought I would see a day in my life where this would ever happen. Do you, so you think this is a big this, – this is your personal opinion, Don. You think this is a bigger announcement than the New 52 then when that happens? Oh. Yeah, because the different two basically was them doing Crisis again, just worse and, you know, less creatively. This is them opening the entire – I mean, every comic and character since uh, Detective Comics first came out in 1935 are now on table. That's that's how big this is. Everything, one way or another, is in continuity in its own separate reality. Yeah. That's, 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 that's how major what they've done here. And I don't know if other people, like, grasp that or if even they understand it, but that's essentially what I'm seeing as I'm looking at the comic right now. Josh Ball? For me, obviously, you know, we spoke after a podcast before about how I kind of pieced everything together, and I kind of want to do that now. Uh, you know, obviously, there were some beautiful spreadsheet-style pages at the the, uh, the end of uh, number eight with uh, different Earth showing the example of, like, pre- pre-crisis Earth characters in the background of, like, the New 52 heroes in the front, and similarly with the Earth 2 gang and many of the other Earths from Multiversity. Now, what we have to remember here is that DC operates on, like, a predestination paradox, uh, which means a lot of the time things are only created the way that they are because someone went back in time and created what was, you know, in continuity before they went back in time in the first place. Now, I, I've done my best to try and make sense of everything, and I'm going to try to present the following theory. Now, from what I understand, with everything in terms of how Crisis on Infinite Earths, Infinite Crisis, Final Crisis, Convergence, Multiversity, and especially Justice League number 40, which kind of, you know, really, you know, it, it, it contradicts what Convergence number race set up. When it comes to the new 52 and in terms of how everything turns, in terms of how it works and everything is explained, uh, when it comes to the higher beings like Metron, Darkseid, the new gods, the anti-monitor, uh, the last monitor, Nick Citoen, like they were left unchanged and, but they've adapted to the new realities regardless of the other crises and Flashpoint and now obviously Convergence. They play their roles in the universe. Uh, Batman did kill Darkseid and his spirit was imprisoned on Earth 51 after Final Crisis and then in Multiversity, Nick's uh, Utoan let him out, resurrected him in the Multiversity Guidebook. Now, that is how he was back in Justice League number one in the New 52 in the beginning of that story. Now, obviously, Vanishing Point is how, you know, Convergence came to be with Brainiac stealing all the cities, the cities from the different areas. And when Pandora remade that universe in Flashpoint, uh, I, I believe that she did because she may or have or may have not known that Telos and uh, Brainiac were coming to do what they were doing. Because if you remember in Flashpoint, she's like, all three of the uh, Connor Nudies must be uh, merged because they are coming and you, you won't be able to do it without each other, etc. And, you know, it, it was showing the stakes and the con- convergence obviously showed the stakes and just how big things were getting. And it's still been said that her undoing of the previous universe has left this new one uh, unstable, and hence the reason why another crisis will be its final undoing. And that's what's leading into Dark Side War right now. Now, there, there's forever going to be a debate on whether or not, you know, what is in continuity, what isn't in continuity. And I really think that if I would have written, you know, what was happening when it came to the reboot back in the New 52, if, if DC had the guts to just absolutely reboot, they should have just rebooted and rebooted with like the Earth 1 line with Batman Earth 1. Superman Earth One, Wonder Woman Earth One. I think those books are are, are are a great line to go and reboot and do like a new uh, real world feel on what they're doing. But instead, they didn't. And while this event, while fun and some others, was just 
silly. In some other areas, it was just silly. And uh, it didn't necessarily do for everyone what they wanted in getting back things that we missed permanently from the per- from the previous universe. And it certainly didn't make things any less confusing when we decide to look back on what is and is in, in continuity. So in conclusion for me, Convergence was fun. But I don't think it set out to do what it promised. It more made us miss the characters we missed even more. Uh, it did give us closure and it did leave the door open. And I guess that's what we'll have to be left with, you know? I was really shocked by this one. Um, in fact, I, I found out about this because Don sent me a text message and I didn't believe him at first. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, it, this, is, this is a shocking turn of events for me. Uh, I mean, Infinite Crisis on Infinite Earth has been a part of the comics landscape almost as long as I can remember seriously reading comic books. Um, so this is a major change. I do like this though quite a bit. I think the idea at first I was, it took me a while to wrap my mind around the idea of all of it being back in continuity and what that actually meant. But I do think now that what you could have is an, you have, you'll have the new 52 line or post flashpoint, whatever they're going to call it. Um, and I think that will be the majority of the books that we, that we get. But I do think we're going to see a zero, and these are just generalities, a zero-hour Batman story, a pre-Infinite Crisis Green Lantern book. Um, I will be very curious to see how that shakes out, and I will be very curious to see how they label them. I wonder if they're going to be as bold as label them, is is have it right on the cover, you know, zero-hour Wonder Woman or or, or whatever it's going to be. so this, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what they'll do, uh, but, but I think the fact that we have them all back on the table... Uh, means at the absolute very least, you know, some of the characters that we we missed, some of the storylines we missed, you know, we should hopefully be able to see them back in the future. And no longer, uh, and, and it's no longer, because uh, before, before a Convergence and before this number eight issue, we had a closed door policy. Those characters are gone. You couldn't bring right. Cass Kane back. You couldn't you couldn't do the stuff properly because they didn't exist. You could reintroduce a new version of the character. Right. And we've even seen like Donna Troy, who a lot of people miss that just got reintroduced in, in, in Wonder Woman's main continuity. That's a new version of Donna Troy, and that's cool. I'm not I'm not bagging on that at all. But it's not the same character, right? No. Uh, so I, I think that what this might allow us to do is keep some of those characters that just putting a new version on the shelf isn't good enough for some people. So I am very open-minded and very happy about the way this turned out now that I've really got a chance to think about it. Do you guys have anything else to add about this incredible? Uh, I just, you know, the, the biggest, one of the biggest tropes that I hate is, you know, they send, in the end, they sent the characters back to somehow prevent some of the, uh, some of the happenings of crises on Infinite Earths. And it's all going to be off panel now. Like we, we don't necessarily know exactly what happened. And that's the way the, fit, the new 52 started. And that's what was so, you know, frustrating about it. It's like, yeah, Batman did kill Darkseid, but not necessarily the way that we remember, you know, and that's just. Well, wait, so- hold on. That's not, that's not, that's not true though, because with the new 52, we knew specifically that everything changed because of the story flashpoint and the events that Barry Allen did that enacted that. It's not we didn't know how that how the turn of the new fifty two. No, but if you think about it, though, Final Crisis does not work with the new fifty two because of Flashpoint. There's a lot of things that do not work in, in the exact way that they happen because of Flashpoint, and that that is an irrefutable point. And now we like what exactly. Because you said you said that like like the dark side that appeared in Justice League was the one that was in Final Crisis. Is that what you said? I, I absolutely believe that 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 the final the his spirit was let was let loose back on into the universe by Nick Utoan in Multiversity, and that's why he was back in Justice League number one. And that's the same dark side. He doesn't change. Just like there's only one apocalypse. Now, Batman and Superman did kill him, but obviously it happened differently than we remember it because, you see, that's where everything just gets so 
mucky, and I, I, I don't like that. Like, I, I like being the guy that, you know, you can ask a question to, like, what happened in this issue, and I can be that guy. And now it's kind of like, well, you just you just have to leave it up to your own interpretation. And well, I feel that that's, that's relative towards that specific story and not what they're doing here, because here, I mean... They say, they say explicitly each world has evolved, but they all still exist. I and mean, whatever happened with like in Final Crisis with Darkseid, the new the post Crisis didn't ha- didn't end and, and didn't turn into with that storyline. It was like a year later, a couple of years okay. later. Okay, but but let's just take this the ending of Convergence itself. We had the pre I'm sorry the the pre Flashpoint Superman. We had the the post uh, the the post Zero Hour Parallax. And we had uh, pre-crisis Superman and Supergirl plus Flash all go back to the, the crisis on Infinite Earths and prevent it. And we didn't get to see exactly what they did to make that happen. And now we have Justice League number 40 in which Metron is explaining the crisis happened. So did, fi- so did Infinite Crisis. So did Flashpoint. All the books are kind of like skipping over Final Crisis for some reason. I don't know why. Well, Final Crisis didn't really retcon anything, though. Yeah, I I think that what this does is, in fact, puts their histories back in place, right? Instead of having to go back, I mean, the whole point of Flashpoint was that it changed everything. So instead of having to go back and say, well, this is what happened in Final Crisis now through the prism of, of Flashpoint, I think what this does is. It puts everything back in its own continuity, right? There's an infinite crisis continuity on, on, on a, a silver. It age segregates continuity. everything. Yeah, no, I, I think but, if anything, it makes the story easier to tell. It just it's really brought back the idea of the of the multiverse, which now we can argue if if destroying it in the first place was ever a good idea. But if you read, you know, Convergence number eight, the whole thing is about Bradyak. Is he says. The the reason why I can't restore you guys all to your to your timelines is because the first crisis is too powerful. I need you to go back and prevent it from happening. No, he says so, prevent the collapse of the multiverse. That was the result of crisis. Yeah, the events of crisis and until the very end, as the you know the death of Flash didn't happen because they prevented it. But crisis as an event still occurred, like the red skies and everything like that. But they kept everything from collapsing, which kept... And, and I agree. It doesn't make sense how post-crisis can still separately exist if pre-crisis was... was or the crisis of Earth was prevented. I agree. That doesn't make any sense. But I can't lie and say that I care about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the problem. I, I mean, I, with all due respect to you, Donovan... Like, I understand if you just want to, you read comics because you want to have fun, and I read comics because I want to have fun. But I'm the type of guy that, you know, I am merciless when it comes to not forgiving continuity errors. Oh, I am too. <laughs> I, I just want someone to be like, come on, like, this doesn't make any sense. What Jeff Johns is doing in this book totally is contradicting what you just did in that book. So, like, let's have, like, if, like, if I could, you know, just talk about Marvel for a second. Let's have a Kevin Feige type character who is not Dan Didio look over all this stuff and be like, no, you can't do that. You, it is not allowed. You, you have to, you have to look at what he did regardless of what you, whether you like it or not, you have to stick to what he did or retcon it in a way that makes sense. If you don't like it, then become creative. Don't just be like, well, we just did something and you just kind of have to figure it out. And like, that's just the way I am right now. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm not, it's not that I wasn't happy with how convergence came out like i'm glad that it it, for the most part did a very good job of you know not only bringing back some of the things that we loved and i I love like the the line where it's like you know all the worlds exist they just evolved you know It, it, it that that was that was beautiful but i just don't like like i'm gonna go back to the exact panel brainiac says um 
the first crisis is too strong. If it's not changed, the multiverse will once again collapse into one universe. So what? what is it that they changed? What did they change? I want a book that that tells what that those characters did to change the first crisis. Just so I know, because I don't like playing the game of having to sit there and say, well, it could have been cool if that happened in my mind. You know, that's... Well, I don't, I don't know if, if like, uh, without explaining it, it's impossible to figure out how it could have been done. Yeah. It's not. It's not impossible. I mean, we could debate it till the end of time. But like, DC. If DC ever wants ever wants to listen to this podcast, give me the job. I'll write it. I'll, I'll be happy to write it. You know, like and, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> and my thing is, I am different than both of you. Is that I don't care about continuity because they don't care about it. And if the writers don't care about it, I don't care about it. Uh, tell me good. Tell me good stories. That's all I care about. Uh, I like the fact the multiverse is back on the table because we can get stories from all different ages, from all different people. Um, and I'm totally cool with it. I, I, and as far as the off-panel stuff, I can live with off-panel land because the reality is this. It may not happen next week. It may not be on the board tomorrow. But we all know that sometime in the next two to three years, someone's going to get the writing assignment of writing what happened back there, and we're going to eventually see it. So it's not that we're not going to get it forever. It's we're not going to get it right now. And I think I can live with that. I think that the nicest touch of this book, which it had a little bit of a plot hole for me, but the nicest touch of this book is they took the blood moon and they put it back in the time and space of where Earth 2 was. And they are letting the, the, the heroes of Earth 2 recreate their Earth. I, I kind of wanted the heroes of Earth 2 to be stuck on Earth, on, you know, New Earth, so we could get our Justice Society back. But it's kind of cool that they get their own Earth back and everybody gets a happy ending in that regard. My favorite part about this was that, like, that early in the book, the splash page is like pretty much every single pre flashpoint major character, like, you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, the Bat Family, the Justice Society, Justice League, the Green Lanterns, Harley Quinn, and the Earth 2 uh, Justice Society. But, like, every now and then you'll see, like, New 52, Superman, Supergirl, like, what's that? Ah, who cares? <laughs> They're completely separated from the story. <laughs> that was really strange. Like, the Blood Moon was. That's hilarious. It was bleeding its way into our universe, and they were all, you know, we're ready for the fight. And then all of a sudden, just blinked out of existence. And they're like, "Well, what was that?" And they're like, "I don't know. I'm sure it'll be back though, and we'll be ready." So, I mean, like, I was really hoping the new Fifty Two characters would get in on this, especially because, you know, what happened in Future's End? Like, is Future's End like really gonna happen or not? Like, that is such a it's, it's its own universe. It, it's its its own universe. Its own continuity. So I think we have taken Convergence Eight and smacked it silly, smacked it to death. So with all that, that'll be the end of news, and let's move over to comic reviews. Our first comic of the week we're going to do is Convergence New Teen, New Teen Titans Number Two. Don, take it away. Convergence New Teen Titans Number Two. Um, game of Heroes, hey, written by Marv Wolfman, illustrated by Nicola Scott. Essentially, continuing from where we left off, Nightwing and Fireheart of the Tangent Doom Patrol team up, and they try to talk about, you know, we probably shouldn't kill each other, and we should probably, you know, team up to figure out how we can stop Telos from destroying either of our worlds. But Fireheart is working on her own because, um, is it her mother? Her mother, who is Deidre, is playing an assault, and they completely catch the uh, the Teen Titans flat-footed, uh, wreck the place up, and kidnap Cyborg because Cyborg's science in his body can help them create a portal back to the Tangent Universe, and they can try to yes, save their world. Science. <laughs> Absolutely science. They science this all day. Um, so they, they, because they catch the Teen Titans off guard, they kind of beat them up a, quite a, quite a bit. But Starfire being the most powerful one. Like, puts up a fight, and uh, she doesn't kill anybody, but she kind of really wants to because Cyborg is, like, wounded. He's dying, and he's also gone. Um, there's some great Starfire action in this, in this comic. So, Nightwing's a bit miffed because it's, hey, you distracted me. So, he, he goes back to his friends. Um, Jericho is knocked out, and Cole's like, oh, Joey, 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 I love you so much, Joey. And, like... Uh, he mimes that, you know, get away from me. So he's like, but what's wrong? Why don't you want me to love you? So um, that happens. Uh, Deidre and the other 
tangent, Doom Patrol member get away. Just as Nightwing shows up, and Nightwing, because of the situation, Nightwing is super frustrated with Corey because she keeps on arguing that she should kill her enemies if they're not willing to play, uh, play nice. And, um, even though they're married, they're more apart than ever. Oh. Uh, so Donna goes off to talk to her. Uh, Gar appeals to Dick. Uh, saying, you know, Vic's my brother, we gotta, I don't wanna lose him like I lost my parents, because my parents are dead. Um, and, uh, Deidre has the Doom Patrol kind of hook Cyborg up to silence and drain his, uh, is it like, uh, some sort of like, oh. yeah, well, he did science too, I'm, why should I care? Um, so with Cyborg wounded, missing, and presumed dead, and the Titans utterly defeated, Jericho figures, I better get back to the painting I was working on. So he does so, where Cole shows up, and she tries to plead to his uh, heart, and helps helps making his painting even better by using her crystal powers to make it three-dimensional and all colorful. So she uh, says, you, you must, you know, you know, uh, lean on your friends, including me and the Titans. So, uh... Donna talks to Dick, saying, you know, don't worry, things are going to work out okay. And Cyborg goes on, goes the tangent Doom Patrol on, saying, yeah, drain as much power as you can for me, because that will light up an electronic signal to where the Titans can find him and beat them up. As that happens, they uh, they get into a fight. Starfire, uh, at one point, Nightwing takes a shot that was meant for her, kind of like Infinite Crisis. Uh, Starfire is pissed. It just clocks Deidre in the face <laughs> which is great but she's, she swears she won't kill her so uh that turns Dick on and they have a full uh page splash kiss mwah, 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 mwah. so uh basically uh Cyborg says I've rigged a bomb and we're going to blow up everything unless you guys decide to work together so Deidre is convinced and um they all agree to try to stop Telos and at that moment once uh they kind of form a truce uh, there's a slight earthquake where the building they're on top of kind of crumbles, and when the Titans get up, the Doom Patrol are all gone. And it seems they're back in their own reality. Uh, they don't think that they're out of the woods yet, but as of now, the day has been saved. The end. So, how deep do I really want to get into this issue? Um, how about, here's, a, here's a very simple question. Uh, how does this compare to issue one? Did you like it? Did you not, not like it as much? And what is the reason for that? Oh, sorry, I, don't, I don't think I liked it as much as I liked issue one. Not that I disliked this issue. I don't think it was bad or anything like that. But I, I think one of the um, the saving graces of this of this comic for me was seeing the characters back in that uh, in that version of them, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that that kind of wore off after seeing the first issue. The first issue it was almost like it could have been junk, and I'm like, this is awesome, you know. Um, but this one was, and I think too that this one is. This suffered from like so much convergence. I know I've said that a couple times, but I think that almost all the number twos, with the possible exception of one book we're going to talk about later, actually weren't as good because we really knew where most of these stories were going to go. You know, there was going to be the earthquake. The other group of people was going to disappear. You know, um, so I, I felt like we kind of it just kind of didn't have the punch. The first one did. still really really liked it. Uh, but I think just the surprise, the shock of getting to see those characters back again made the first one more enjoyable to me, but I like both of them. Um, you know, when it compares com- to me to the first issue, I think that, you know, obviously with all of these, uh, you know, two-shot issues, we only had one way that we could go with them. You know, one side had to win, one side had to lose, or in some cases there was going to be a draw. And it might not have been as good as the first issue because the first issue we were like, yes, we're back with these characters. And now we have to say goodbye to them again. And that's, that's where I, that's where I am with it. You know, it's like, darn, we have to say goodbye. But it was so fun being back with the classic Teen Titans with Marv Wolfman because like I said if we didn't have this version of the Teen Titans we wouldn't have any other version of the Teen Titans except the one that came before it you know there there wouldn't be a Titan show coming out on TNT if we didn't have this Marv Wolfman version of the Titans I, I like this uh, do I like it more or less than the previous issue I think I like just about the same because Marv Wolfman really has the characters' voices and their melodrama and really makes it entertaining. I mean, like, the problems in the first issue are just exacerbated in this issue. So you see, like, you know, kind of, like, put through an emotional ringer. And it's melodramatic and it's, you know, theatrical and there are histrionics. But it's, I don't know, it, I think Marv Wolfman is really at home here because this doesn't feel like it's out of time. Yes, I mean, you know, Cole's costume is extremely dated in the 80s. 
Uh, although Jericho doesn't have his, you know, fro that he had in the eighties, which I miss. But like, it, because of, uh, of the designs, it does look. They do look of a certain time, but it doesn't feel like it's dated. All the characters feel right, and and it feels very loyal to that era of Teen Titans. Like you know, Donna being the mediator, you know, Garfield's sense of humor, you know, Corey's temperament, Dick's stress being the leader. So it, I, I enjoy this. It's about the same, to be honest. I, I quite, I quite enjoy this. I had nothing I didn't like about it. Um, so is there anything else? One thing I will say. Uh, so this is a really brief thing. This is my final bit. What did you guys? How did you guys like the art in this issue? I like the art overall really well in, in these. The, this, the, the colors are really bright. They do a good job, good job of the vibrancy here. The one thing that struck me about the art was when we saw Starfire in here, and I was kept thinking about how. Uh, there'd been such a controversy with the relaunch of the New 52 about how skimpy her outfit was. Yeah, a lot of people are, are calling her Star Skank. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that out there, and I thought, well, to be honest, her outfit was never that conservative. Yeah, I mean, it was never that. It was never like it was a full-length purple sh- you know, robe at any point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that kind of struck me as, what's the problem? She's been dressing like this for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I like the art. I like, I like the bright colors, and I, and I do like seeing... Uh, Donna Troy back here. And- you know, I don't. I don't necessarily think that it's just her outfit, though. Her attitude has been very like, you know what? If you don't want to have sex with me, then I'll find someone to have this to have sex with. You know, like that's been her attitude. <laughs> oh, oh, the New Fifty Two. Okay, that's what I was saying. It's yeah, not in this that's issue. Not, that's not, not in this issue. I'm just saying in general within the New Fifty Two, and that I, I think that they're they're kind of. You know, I mean, I don't know if I can say this, and I guess it'll get bleeped out, but I guess people are kind of shaming Starfire within the new 52, not just her outfit. Um, it's just been happening for, for a while. And yeah. I, wasn't that really, really, like, the first... I don't think that, like, that aspect of her personality continued, because that was such... That, was, that had such heavy criticism. Didn't they go away from that after a while in Red Hood and A Hall? little bit, yeah. It, it kind of... It, it simmered down, but for a while there, it seemed like her and Harley Quinn... Like, were the two that they were, like, kind of like, we're going to make them, like, the the bombshells. And then all the other ones, you know, like Power Girl, they, they covered her up. And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All the other characters, you know, they got they got a little bit more conservative within their uh, within their apparel. Yeah, I, I think that, that's, it's, uh, that the art overall is really solid here. Though. And, and, and it is nice to see the classic characters on it. I like Cyborg. It's funny because... The modern cyborg, uh, I don't know, costume's the right word. Gigantic robot. Yeah, is is definitely such a radical departure from this that that we forget that this cyborg is definitively more of a cyborg than a robot with a human brain. Well, it's um, because also like the, isn't like this version? Of the, I'm sorry, the new fifty two version of cyborg kind of like apocalyptic technology. I guess I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's a guy. <laughs> I mean, his dad designed the armor. It was kind of the same. Well, I thought he, I thought, maybe it was just within the movie. I, I can't remember the the comic book version versus the, the animated version, you know. I remember that, like, his armor uh, was, it had something to do with getting hit with, like, you know, apocalyptian uh, technology or something like that, if I remember correctly. But I might be wrong. If I'm wrong, please, in the comments, let me know. But yeah, I'm good with the art overall. I, I like the art. I, I like Nicholas Scott. I need to read some more Nicholas Scott comics. I know she did Secret Six. Earth 2. She did Earth 2 for a while, too. Really good. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, I remember that. Um, Solid run on Earth 2, yeah. She's a great, like, like I think Wolfman works with, because obviously people think of Wolfman and Perez, but like, like also Tom Grummet worked on the Titans in the early 90s. Right. Edward, uh, Eduardo Beretta worked on them, in the, I believe, in the late 80s. Like, he has a very, like, I don't say these artists look similar, but they evoke a similar feel. And Nicholas Scott's great. I I just love everything on here. Also, the colors are great too. I might want to credit the colorist just really quickly. Um, da, 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 da. Colors by Jeremy Cox. Jeremy Cox did a, a fantastic job. One uh, uh, aspect I loved, I really loved. I truly, I, I'm not kidding. Near the end of the uh, once the Doom Patrol are gone and the day is saved, and everyone's kind of looking around, you know, with their like, you know, executive producer Sherwood Schwartz kind of scene. Like, Dick and uh, Corey are together, and Corey has her hand cupped over Dick's <laughs> I think that is awesome. Like, like they're not, like, like holding or hugging or whatever. She just has, like, her, her palm rested on his butt. And I thought that was a terrific... It's, it's, it's a kind of subtle touch, but I thought that was great. If, in fact, Nicholas Scott was the one that kind of did that, like, infamous shot of Nightwing's butt 
uh, that you can see on the internet. She did that original yeah, panel, so did. I thought that was right. nice. I think that, like, I, I don't know. I just thought that the art really helped us. Uh, if this had, like, less than this level of art, I don't think I would have liked as much, to be honest. But, like, between the writing and the flawless artwork, I really – I, I felt like, like I enjoyed a comic book in here. So, um, yeah, I, overall, I, I, I enjoyed this. I mean, it wasn't – it wasn't perfect or, or great, but I found it to be a very enjoyable comic book, so that's all i got to say for that. I did too, and Jim reviewed it for the website. He gave it four out of five out of five battering, so Jim agrees that it is a great comic book. So what's the rest of the ratings on it? 4.5 out of 5. I give it four out of five. And I'm going to give it four out of five as well, so that will give Convergence New Teen Titans number two four out of five batterings. Let's move to our last book and second book of the month. Convergence, Detective Tom Comics, number two. The uh, writer of this book was Len Wein, and the artist was Dennis Cowan and Bill... Sinkovich. Sinkovich, okay. Now, as we remember from Convergence, uh, Detective Comics, number one, we ended off with the Batmobile exploding... Uh, because uh, Helena, you know, thought that, that was her end game of trying to de- destroy Superman, or at least not go out without fighting. In regards to uh, being put at war by Telos. Now we're back in Moscow. Superman and Robin are trying to fight it out, and it turns out that Superman has saved Helena from the explosion, and. Uh, we move into them actually trying to have a conversation. But, uh, whoosh, Batman. The Batman from Red Sun swoops in <laughs> and takes them to his bunker where it's sealed away from Superman. And uh, they have a meeting in which uh, it's, it's a really emotional meeting. Like, it almost made me cry in regards to the fact that you know, Helena was like, you can't be, like, there's no way. And uh, he, she explains that the Batman of Earth uh, 2 was, <laughs> was her father. And she even asked him to take his mask off. And, you know, it's, it's, it, it's like she sees her father. And for him, it makes him uncomfortable. It's like a face he can barely remember because he almost never takes his mask off. And uh, in parting, he gives them a gift uh, to use against Superman. You know, as we all read it, I think we all know what we all knew what it was. But obviously, Batman and Robin, or Batman and uh, I'm sorry, Robin and Helena acted like they did not know what it was. So they are, you know, going through the streets of Moscow, trying to, you know, avoid Superman. But tr- also try to figure out how to fight Superman. And as they eventually get close to Superman, Superman finds them. They uh, try to fight him, but obviously nothing is working. And they open up what Batman gives them. And of course, it is Kryptonite. And um, Dick in uh, Dick Grayson in you know an act of uh, idiocy. I, I wouldn't say idiocy, but obviously he thinks, you know, what would Batman do? You know, Batman would not kill anybody, let alone a Superman that went rogue. Uh, Robin, even Helena says, Robin, are you completely out of your mind? We were winning. What are you doing? And he says, there has to be another way. And so they declare this win or this battle a draw completely. And uh, Telos goes, you have defied the rules. There will be consequences. And there's an earthquake, and they end back. They end up back on their respective Earths. And uh, Helena, uh, I'm going to quote her. It says, this seems all so surreal, Dick. Are you certain that it even really happened? And he says, no more than you are, I'm afraid. And they see the bat signal in the sky, and they race to the bat cave. Within Metropolis, and it turns out that Dick, dun 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 dun, finally puts on the bat suit, and he looks great in it. If I may so, if it, if I may say so myself, and uh, it's Helena after hounding him in the last issue so much is like, why now? And he, Batman says, you know, meeting a rushing Superman, realizing. 
uh, I'm sorry, meeting the Russian version of your dad made me realize that Batman is not just a man. He's a symbol, someone for others to rally around. I may never be the Batman that Bruce Wayne was, but I can be that symbol. And Helena says, about damn time you got it. And she, Batman says, stop, stop smirking. Even the stop clocked is right twice a day. Besides, we all know it isn't over yet. And we're, that leads us into convergence number eight. So my question to you is, one, how do you feel about Dick finally putting on that on that suit after we all made fun of him for years and years and years for wearing that silly amalgamation of a Batman and Robin suit? It's really good to see him put this on because, as we talked at length last time, the costume he wears is ridiculous. Can we talk about it's, it again? Yeah, I mean, well, it's just, I mean, it's it's dumb, it's silly. Even even the guy that has to, you know, the artist when they have to draw it here, it makes me wonder if he, he's just kind of shaking his head while he's drawing it. Not saying that the art was bad, but and it's faithful. But it's good to see him finally put the suit on. Which is something that I don't believe in regular Earth 2 continuity he ever did. No, no it's just a change. Yeah, so this is, this is a major change. Um, and I think that this moment is, is also the kind of stuff I wanted to see in Convergence. Maybe some of the stuff right. like the fact that Dick Grayson ran around in a ridiculous looking suit on Earth 2 forever. Well. That, you know, we, we could, we could put that aside and move along with it here. So I, I love the moment when he puts in the suit and, uh, I mean, this. I think this is why we wanted convergence was we could do things that had got maybe messed up in the past. So I well, think it was great. Well, like I said, in Infinite Crisis, there was that moment where Earth Two Superman tried to make the Earth One Batman, you know, come onto his side with uh, you know Alexander Luther and Earth Superboy Prime and Lois and try and fix Earth One because they thought that you know they let their opportunity to make a better Earth you know fall through their fingers. And he asked the Earth 2 Superman, does Dick Grayson become a better man in, on your Earth than he did in mine? And Superman couldn't tell him yes. And, he couldn't bring him to, to mention that costume. Right. He couldn't he, – he did not become his own man. He did not step out from Batman's shadow or become Batman. And I feel that this really like makes anyone who was not a fan of that costume and was a fan of Infinite Crisis like myself, and it, such a gut-checking moment. Like this makes you punch the air. It makes you feel good for that character. Um, so any other comments on that question? Um, I thought it was nice. To me, it reminded me that like a few of these convergent stories do end in their definitive universes with a definitive change. I mean, you have uh, Superman and Lois in post-crisis have a child that was kept intact. You have uh, Stephanie and Robin uh, getting – Stephanie and Tim getting back together since like I think 2004. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like some of these things were not – complete without consequence and that's and that's good so i don't know if these are springboards for new series um it'd be interesting if they are so i think that's a definitely i would be surprised if someone would complain about this because they're probably so used to earth 2 dick Grayson being middle-aged robin and i don't know if i have a, i don't know if i care all that much one way or the other but i think that it's an interesting it's definitely an interesting change at the end of the story okay second question were you guys as emotional as i was when helena had bruce of of the you know red sun world take off his mask and reveal his face and then just you know have that same you know familiarity as they did when you know Helena had Batman of Earth One take off his mask. It's like it's so sad because you know the Hel the, the Bruce Wayne of Earth Two is dead. And, you know, she's seeing so many different versions of her father. Where, and it's sad to me, and it's like it's also like a, a moment of solace for me, too. How did you guys feel about that? Oh, it was a good moment, um, and I think that it's one that you would... I was kind of surprised we hadn't seen the um, the Russian Batman in the first one for a yeah, moment right. just like this. Um, so I'm glad he got brought in. I, I was, I was kind of thinking after the first issue when we hadn't saw him at all that he would be missing through this entire story. And I yeah. thought that was going to be a real miss. Um, okay. So, so I, I am, I'm glad they did it. Um, I'm glad they had the scene with, with Helena there. I'm also glad that when Helena gets, when they get time shifted back to Metropolis, that she says, man, I'm really been acting out of care. <laughs> no, <I know. laughs> that was going to be my third question. What was that? 
<laughs> Sorry, I, jump I, It's okay. I guess we can move straight to it. I mean, aren't you so glad that she said, like, what the hell was I doing? <laughs> that, that that came across when, when, I remember, when, I, when I read that on the page. I remember thinking, well, that's probably the truest statement I've heard in a while in a comic right. You know, like... Like, she was so out of character, which is why it was really, it was this, this weird, you know, Helena's acting re- really out of character. Then you have this emotional moment with her and, and the other Bruce Wayne, where there's a very emotional moment for her. And then you've got her, I mean, and then she admits to not being in character. Um, I, I like the moment, but yeah, I thought the admission that she was acting out of character was one of the most honest things I've ever read in a comic book. And, and Absolutely. I, I wish sometimes that writers would just take a cue and go, maybe I, I took that the wrong way. Let's just write into the story. Maybe, so. maybe that writer did get some feedback and, and like, what the hell? What are you doing? Like, why is she acting? I, I, don't, I don't think that the story would have been, I think the story would have been written too ahead of time for that to happen. But I yeah, just thought it was funny. I, what I was assuming was is that now, for whatever reason, I can't really tell you, but he intentionally had her act out of character, right? Why would you um, say that? Well, why else would you put the comment in? I mean, there's no way editorial mandated the comment, you know. Well, so. no, I'm just saying, like, maybe he showed this to other writers or people around the office, and it was already in the can, and he was writing the second uh, episode, or I'm sorry, the second uh, issue, and he was like, well, maybe I need to change that, you know, because maybe maybe he got some feedback, is what I'm saying. It could, it could have been, I just assumed that, that he was telling us that he had wrote it out of character on purpose. That it like, was part of the story. Like it was a swerve. I understand. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the way I took it. Could, could totally wrong, but that's I took it was it was just part of the storyline was that he that that she was out of character and it and it was a good catch in all of us for forgetting that she uh-huh. was out of character. Very possible. Um, yeah, but I liked it. No, I I thought that all of the Helena moments in this story were were very effective, and it really after the last story where I felt like we got her out of character. We had the great moment with the father here, and then the admission of the added character. I thought it was a great rebound for her character. And you know how, like, we, we thought the art was just so off in the last issue? Like, you had said it was like Scorsese making a Disney movie. Yeah. yeah. And I, I laughed so hard at that comment. But doesn't it change so much when you have Batman within the story? Like, doesn't that, doesn't that like, just justify the art? I actually thought it was actually pretty good this time around. Don? I thought it was clearer a bit. Um, again, like, like, like Denise Cowan's, Bill Sinkiewicz, this is their style. They're very scratchy. They're very rough. They are very, kind of like, you know, I don't say hatch, but like, you know, this is their style. And I never know how, how serious they are for comic book stories, but I thought that this was a, a you could see the people's faces a lot clearer. I thought they'd read a lot better. Seeing Bruce Wayne's face. Like, and just the the tired on his face because of the revolution that he was was waging. And, I mean, obviously this story was, you know, what, you know, inspired that story in Justice League Unlimited, the, where Vandal Savage had won World War II and whatnot. Like, just seeing his face and seeing, you know, he's so tired from this revolution. Like, I thought it was a beautiful moment. I thought the art suited that moment. The art did seem to fit better with this issue. Um, that scratchy stuff is yeah. is very effective sometimes. And I think that, that with the characters here, it was more effective. And, and I do think that it just worked better in this issue. But uh, I liked it. We can go ahead and give this one a rating. Don, what'd you think? Three, 3.5 out of 5. Josh Ball? I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5. I'm going to split the difference and give it a 4 out of 5. So that will give Convergence Detective Comics number 2, 4 out of 5 batterings. That is our last in-depth comic review for the month. So now we're going to head over to the comic spotlight. We only have three books to go through this month. This has been a very, this Convergence has been very front-loaded for Batman titles uh, both months, we've noticed. So the only ones we have here, and I want your comments on it, was Convergence, Batman the Outsiders number two. Did you guys get a chance to read this one? Uh, yeah, I did read it, and I actually really liked it. Um, it had it had a re- really good moment of, you know, Batman and Jim Gordon, you know, again on the rooftop going, you know, do you think we can handle this? And they're like, you know, we always have. So I give it a four out of five. Um, I like this one because it was one of the very few convergence issues where we had a winner. 
right. uh, t- Telos declared that Batman and the Outsiders had won the match. Yes. Um, so I did like this. We had an actual win in this fight. Ryan Blair reviewed it for the website, and he gave it four out of five Batarangs, and I would probably agree with him in that, that four out of five, three and a half out of five area there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one, Convergence Wonder Woman number two, once again featuring the Red Rain, Joker, and Poison Ivy. Um, I love this one. This was great. Again, I'm a huge Red Rain fan, so I guess I liked being back in the universe, but I really, really enjoyed this. Um, solid four out of five for me. Um, I'm such a fan of Red Rain that I, I might be suckered into giving anything a, a, a higher ranking that has them in it. And the last title, the only one we got to look at here, because we already c- covered the main convergence in the front of the ish, uh, in the front of the episode this time, is Convergence Crime Syndicate number two. Uh, convergence Crime Syndicate number two was the end of the Convergence line for me. It was the last Convergence title I read. I will say this about Convergence Crime Syndicate number two, although not really my cup of tea, it was truly an example of Golden Age art in a modern comic, much like we had the New Teen Titans art of that era being very specific. This was a Golden Age art in modern comics. So that is it for our comic spotlight. And this brings our Convergence coverage to a close. Um, we will be back in two weeks with regular comic cast coverage. Uh, I have no idea what books we're going to cover. I, uh, I know that there has been some changes obviously to the line and that we've been covering Batman Eternal so heavily that we'll be adding some books to the rotation, but I don't know what it is. What I'd like you guys to do now is give Convergence a rating out of five Batarangs for the whole event. Where would you, where would you give, what rating would you give this? It's so funny. Um, when it comes to the book I was most looking forward to, that being Batgirl, like, I, I was sold just on that book. That was the most disappointing for me. That's the one I liked the least out of all the ones I read. And I read a few. But ultimately, the ones that like I didn't expect to like, I really did. Like, I really enjoyed Teen Titan, New Teen Titans. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I read I, – I didn't read – I still need to read some of the second issues of, of the ones I liked, like Superman. But I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed Speed Force with Wally West. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know if there's any ones that, besides the background ones, I don't know if there's any other ones that, like, I just genuinely hated. Even back, uh, that we Oracle by Yale Smart, I kind of like, so, I'll give it, I'll give it a three out of five better ranks, and, that, and that's a positive three out of five better ranks, and not a meh. It's, it's a, that was, that was, that was okay. fun. All right, Josh Paul? Yeah, I want to give it, you know, uh, a, you know, when we're grading things, you know, if we if we were grading things in school, an A is an excellent, a B is above average, a C is average. I give it above average, so I want to give it a, you know, four out of five. Okay. I am going to give it a three and a half out of five, and, and I'll be blatantly obvious. If what hadn't happened in Convergence 8 hadn't happened, it would have been a lower ranking for me. You know, oh, yeah. for for me, like there's there's so many things that like if they would have included the <laughs> booster, if they would have included the booster gold stuff within the actual series instead of putting it in its own two shot, I probably would have given it an even higher rating just because the Wave Rider, like everybody's been asking where Wave Rider is for years, and now we have Wave Rider back. So that's just a, a note that maybe. Unfortunately, the people reading comics don't know who Wave Rider is these days. I'd imagine. Except the people that are on the comic book message board saying, "Where's Wave Rider?" Yeah, you know? that, but we all know that that uh, DC looks at the bigger. It's all about selling books. That's why there is, as we mentioned earlier, you know, 7,400 Batman titles in the August solicitations. I mean, the Booster Gold stuff was just so essential to the entire storyline. I don't understand why they waited till, till the seventh or eighth issue to introduce Booster Gold into the book. So, you know, but, but I get, you know, overall, I give it a four out of five. If I just had to give those, those eight, Issues a rating, it might be different. Yeah, I end up like I said, I end up at three and a half out of five, just because. And, and like I said, Convergence number eight really did change my mind because up yeah. up until that point, this whole thing for me was something that wasn't going to really have any impact. You know, it was just these side stories, and we were going to go right back. I thought we'd just seal it up and we'd go back. So Convergence number eight, you know, definitely brought it up for me. There's a lot of books that I really enjoyed here. Like Don said, some of the stuff that I went into, you know. That I wanted, that I was looking forward to, I didn't love that much. But then some of the other stuff, like the Wonder Woman stuff that had the Red Rain in, I really liked. The Batman and the Outsiders ones were really good. The New Teen Titans ones were good. Um, 
You can't tell me Superman was a bad book, Ed, or else I'll have to beat you over the head. No, Superman wasn't wasn't a bad (laughs) book, and and some of the Green Lantern stuff from outside of this was good. Don, you mentioned the Wally West. He was another character that was nice to see him back back running around. So I think overall, I think that we all enjoyed Convergence, um, but I think that I am ready to get back to normal continuity and see what happens when you put Jim Gordon in the Batsuit. Dark side war, baby. I can't wait for it. Uh, so, like... You guys have that. <laughs> as always, please go to the website and check out everything that's available. And listen to one of the other group of amazing podcasts we have over there, uh, including Bat Girl to Oracle, Bat Fans, Robin, Everyone Loves the Drink, Drake, the new Bruce Wayne's World, the weekly Batman Universe, and, of course, the TBU commentaries hosted by no other than Donovan Morgan Grant. If you guys liked what I have done so far within these last four podcasts, I was on the Bat Fans Bad Podcast explaining my position on why it might be time that it, to take Snyder away from Batman. So please go ahead and check that one out if you did uh, like my contributions to this. And I want to thank Josh, Paul, and Don for joining me for these two months of convergence. Um Thank you. Uh, it's been a great to have it on. And thank no you. No problem. It's been great to have you guys on and, and and get through this special event. And I'm sure that we're setting a trend here. And I'm sure that this September, whose who's, uh, solicitations aren't that far away, if DC follows this trend, this September should be a month of uh, something special. If it's not uh, Future's End, Villain Month, or something like that. So maybe we'll get a chance to sit down and do it again. Please check out the website. Join the Facebook group if you haven't. And have a great day. I will talk to you guys again in two weeks. For that, this is Ed. This is Donovan. And this is Josh Paul. See you later. (laughs) 